Then he slunk to the icebox. He took the Who's Feast. He took the Who Pudding. He took the Roast Beast. Rodananian. Diagnosis, regardless of how you're doing it, is still a step-by-step process. The Car Doctor, 62 miles an hour, Route 17 South, right through Bergen County. From 62 to 82, this car shook worse than a hula dancer trying to make the grass skirt fall off. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. Buddy Deal, what's your favorite color? And now, he, he himself, the great, calm, the roast beast. Here's Ronnie. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty at night. Santa Claus is coming to town. Hey, welcome, Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor. You're listening to the week before Christmas Car Doctor edition. As we kick off our holiday celebration here at the Car Doctor, we hope you're having a great time in your holiday celebration. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. I'm here at 855-560-9900 to talk to you about your car problem, your problem that might be driving you nuts, the problem that you've been kind of nagging at you all year long, and, hey, what's wrong with this car, and let's fix it. Give me a call, 855-560-9900. This is an interview hour. We're going to be talking to Paul Eisenstein down around the bottom of the hour from the Detroit Bureau, the DetroitBureau.com. Paul's going to be stopping by for a little end-of-year holiday wrap-up. We'll see what's on Paul's mind. Always a good conversation, but I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900 because that's what the car doctor's about, solving your car problem. There's more information on the web, cardoctorshow.com. There's information also at tunein.com, an affiliate list there. And I want to talk a real quick a little bit about podcasts. The, the podcasts are available at iHeart.com, iTunes.com, and also soon to come to Google Patch. Is it Google Patch, Tony? Tony's shaking his head, yes. And then this week we've had a couple of requests, people looking for MP3 podcasts. And I haven't had a chance to talk to Tom about it yet, my chief engineer, but I'm going to do it right now here on air. MP3s, Tom, they're available at the Car Doctor website if they want to podcast it, but not necessarily at iTunes or iHeart because iHeart... iTunes and iHeart will not take an MP3. Right. They require MP4. Correct. Right. So, but they can down... Now, is there a way... Wrong button, Tom. Now, is there a way... Uh, you've been doing this a while? Now, is no, there a way... <laughs> 
I'm glad it was you and not me. Um, live radio, folks. You never know what's going to happen. Um, is there? Well, you a, know, it's usually you, so this is a right, good thing. This is a good thing. Um, is there a way that we can set up a, an automatic subscription download off our website next year that they could download MP3s right from that or no? Uh, matter of fact, I already have one that runs in the background, so I'll just uh, make it public. That's all. And you could make it so they can actually subscribe and take yep. the MP3s that way. Yep. There you go. So for everybody that was writing in about MP3s this year, and recently we received a couple of requests this week. Um, that's how you can solve it. You can get podcasts of this radio show at cardoctorshow.com. Tom will set that up for subscription, and uh, away you'll go. If you need me during the week, hey, you know what? I'm really trying to be here for you. If you've got a car problem, send me an email, ron at cardoctorshow.com. And, and keep in mind... The toll-free number, 855-560-9900, has a 24-hour messaging service. If you call that, and we're not on the air, this radio show is live Saturday afternoons, Eastern Time, between the hours of 2 and 4 p.m., leave a message, Fast Harry, our executive producer, will call you back, talk to you about your problem, and he'll get you in the lineup for the following week, and we can talk to you up here on air. And it's, it's easy to talk to us on air. It's not a big deal. Uh, it's just you and I sitting together and uh, having a conversation. But the important part is everybody that's listening benefits because that's what we're all about, trying to educate everybody about their car and the problems that you can have and some of the solutions. I was reading the newspaper this morning, and I don't know if there's any other way to say it, but I wonder if you're smart enough to realize about the car ads that are in the paper. It was really kind of interesting. You can get quite the education. And it wasn't about buying a new car. It was about maintaining the new car. And I was really kind of surprised to see, well, not surprised, but it's just amazing. I've, I never really took the time to look at them recently. All dealership ads, all advertising oil changes. Have you looked at this lately? Proof positive that the oil change is a loss leader. And that when you go in expecting that cheap price to be the only thing you buy, well, then maybe you are kind of a dumb bunny because maybe you just don't get it. Subaru dealer here in the area is offering a 3195 oil change. One of the Toyota dealers is offering a 5495 oil change. Another Toyota dealer is offering a 3995 oil change. And it just seems that the oil changes vary in price from $30 to $60. And they're advertising it. And I couldn't help but read those ads and then think about the woman with the 2003 Honda Civic that went into the dealer this week for the Takata airbag recall. And Barb went in, she had her airbag recall done, and it was kind of tragic because she walked in and she handed me a little, with red Loctite on it, Torx head screw, and she goes, after they did the recall, I found this. Do you think this is important? I'm looking at it, I'm going, well, yeah, that's kind of the screw that holds the airbag in, I guess. But I'm pretty sure when they do the airbag recall, there's new screws for the module. I'm hoping, because I wasn't going to take the steering column apart, I just didn't want that responsibility. Uh, but, you know, you have to just wonder what's the caliber and level of skill set in that dealership that, yeah, we'll just leave extra screws lying around. That's extra parts. You know, maybe that's the theory. Maybe if you go back to the dealership enough times, you have enough parts left over, you can build a whole other car to drive alongside the one that you're, you're – nah, it doesn't work. And as she's talking to me, she handed me the – here's the list of things they say I need. Here's where the dealer made the mistake, Okay. You know, and for the dealer guys out there listening, look, it, I get it. It's marketing. It's business. It's let's use the oil change to draw them in, and then let's sell them the farm. The problem is you guys keep trying to sell them the Grand Canyon. They said she needed a front motor mount. It was cracked. They said she needed lower control arms. They were falling out. They said she needed a bunch of maintenance and service work, which 
had already been previously done. They say she needed sway bar bushings where, where one was missing. And the truth is, it came out to almost twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300 worth of an upsell, all off of a free airbag recall. And this is no different than the oil change. Hey, let's get them in. Let's draw them in. Let's give them something for free or give them something cheap. And then we'll sell them the farm. Turns out that she legitimately needed that front motor mount. It was cracked. About a $250 repair. But the problem is you guys lost her when it, you started piling it on. Like the Giants used to when they played football on defense. That didn't, the boys on the other side of the glass didn't like that. How about Jets? Would the Jets do it for you? Is, is, is this the switch that shuts them off? Yes. Bye, Ron. Bye. <laughs> oh, but you get my point. You know what? Let's play the game fair. Let's be square. If it needs it, sell it. But don't oversell it. And don't give somebody a list that scares the bananas out of them. And, you know, how do you build a relationship that way? Because isn't auto repair a relationship business? Isn't that what this is about? You know, this radio show has been on the air 25 years. By the way, you know, in, in two weeks, we start our 25th year on radio. And, you know, I sat there this week thinking about it. Gee, you know, is this radio show any good? And I had to be reminded by Carpenter Bob. He said, Ron, you, you've been on the year 24 going on 25 years. Like, what's wrong with you? And I said, yeah, you know. He says, I know what's going to happen. You'll be 85 years old sitting in the retirement home thinking about your life and go, well, I was on the air for 40 years. I wonder if I was any good. He goes, when are you going to wake up and realize what this is about? And I guess it's kind of hard for me to see because I'm so close to it. And maybe that's what the problem is with the dealers. Maybe they're so close to it. They just figure they're getting, you know, 200, 300, 400 new people every month, however many cars they sell. And if they keep a third of them or two thirds of them, they don't care about the rest. And it's just a constant revolving recycling door. I don't think that's the way to run a business, not for longevity. I don't think that's a way to run a business for morality. You know what? Do all the cheap oil changes in the world you want. I think everybody should start using the dealers for oil changes. To me, if you want me to do it cheap and quick, it's a pain in the neck, and I can't do it right anyway. And if you go to the dealer, you're going to save me the time and the aggravation. But more importantly, you'll bankrupt the dealer because they can't afford to do the cheap oil changes over the long haul unless they do upsells. And if they don't do upsells, they're going to raise the price of the oil change, which ultimately brings everybody back to the proper way of thinking that an oil change was never meant to be quick and cheap. It was meant to be thorough. Something to think about. Let's start using the dealer for cheap oil changes. Let's see how long that lasts. If everybody, I feel like that soliloquy from Alice's Restaurant, if everybody started jumping up and down, right, what is that, in the Group W bench? If everybody started jumping up and down using the dealers for cheap oil changes, pretty soon cheap oil changes would go to the way of the Etzel. 855-560-9900. I'm Ron and Annie in the car, Doctor, here to take your calls and answer your questions. I'll be back right after this. Christmas is my two front teeth, my two front teeth, see my two front teeth, gee, if I could only have my two front teeth, then I could wish you Merry Christmas, it seems so long since I could say. Chipmunks roasting on an open fire. 
Ron and Annie in the car doctor here. Every year he gets me with this one. I think it's going to be a nice with chestnuts roasting on the open fire, and we start with the chipmunks thing. I don't know. I got to talk to my, I don't know who's picking this music, but uh, so Ron and Annie in the car doctor here, 855-560-9900 is the phone number. The holiday party has start here at the car doctor as we roll along towards Christmas as we're a week out and um, we're all uh, waiting for our presents under the tree. But right now, let's open a few phone calls. Harry. Harry, you're looking very schvelte again this week. Um, the, the gym is working. Yeah, the gym is working. I think 22 uh, pounds, four yeah, weeks. Yeah, although I am getting complaints from the gym. They want to know who this guy who shows up and uh, starts pumping iron like a madman. And um, oh. I don't um, know if I'm pumping iron like a madman, but I'm certainly pumping iron uh, to get better and, you know, get schvelter. Get schvelter. Schvelter. Oh. But anyway, um, who do you got for me on the phone today? Well, Ron, we have uh, Pete up in New Hampshire. He's got a 95 Grand Prix. Pete's a mechanic. Got a service station, wants to talk to you. Sure. I uh, can't get this thing started after six months of sitting. Okay, let's see what's going on. Pete, Ron and Annie in the car, doctor, at your service, sir. How can I help? How you doing? Good. What's going on? What do you got here? Well, he, for, uh, it's been looked at by, like, three or four other garages. Right. And I, and I got it in the middle of that, the middle of the mess, and uh, he thought it was a security system. We we put a new igni- ignition lock and tumbler in it, and... Um, and you know, then that didn't work. So I bypassed the security system, and that still doesn't work. But it's got it's got injection pulse, it's got spark, it's got everything. I'm pretty sure it's a jump time, but you know. Okay. Yeah. If it's got if it's got spark or if it's got injection pulse, uh, what do you got? A noid light blinking? Yeah. All right. So if you got a noid light blinking and you've got spark, um, it should fire. Obviously, you check fuel pressure. I'm sure you've got fuel. Yeah. So yeah. you know, yeah, you're on the right track. So w- w- cranking vacuum. Um, I haven't checked any of that. I, I, uh, I would I, I, I would start to go after cranking vacuum when you when you spin it. Um, does it sound out of time? Oh, oh yeah. Well, it, it it binds right up. It almost passed, and then it then it'll bind right up like almost like it's hydrolocked. You know, just like they like it would do. Right. Like and I pull the plugs out, they're not wet or anything, so it's not it's not like that. Okay. Then I'm gonna think it. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with your way of thinking. It sounds like you're mechanically out of time. Now I on some of those way back when. There used to be a mark, and there was a procedure for checking cam crank timing without having to pull the cover off. Yeah, really, I, I didn't. If, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, if memory serves me correct, and it's kind of crazy, you're actually going to bring it around on top, and yeah. I think you bring it around on top on number six, and if you pull the cam sensor out of the timing cover, this has okay. a cam sensor in the front of the timing cover. Uh, no, it's not. this is a 3-1, not a 3-8. Okay, this is a 3-1. Then maybe that won't work. Um, on the 3-8s, I'm sorry, on the 3-8s, they had it where if there was a cam and a cat crank separate, you would bring it around and watch the window, and if the, if the trip sensor was in the window, you knew it was in time based right. on where the bottom mark was. All right? Um, yeah. Then I've got to say, what if we go find number one, bring number one around if there's a mark on the balancer, yeah. and just spin number one around, Put our thumb over the hole. Is it going to blow our thumb off the hole like it's got compression as the piston's coming up top? Plain and yeah. simple, right? Right. You know, like in the old days, we'd stick a piece of hose in there with a whistle. Does it blow the whistle? Right, but um, if yeah, if you got, I mean, if you bring it up on top dead center. I mean, you got a mark on the crank, but how do you know where the cam is? Well, you won't. But if you bring it up on top, think about it like this: if you bring it up on top, bring it up on top, find the mark, right? Yeah. So let's say that's top dead center on compression. All right. If it doesn't blow the whistle or blow your thumb off, then if you bring it around one more time, it should because the first time you were on 
you weren't on compression, you were on exhaust. Now you got to be on compression. One of the rotations, it has to blow your thumb off right. or the whistle. If it's not, then the cam has to be out of time. Okay. Or how about this? I know you don't want to take it apart, and I know what a mess that is to take apart. Um, just pop off one of the front valve covers and figure out where we are. Yeah, yeah, you do that. Yeah. Right, and then look at valves that way. Let's right. think. Let's think outside the box. Let's make it a lawnmower engine. How would we tell if it was in time without taking it apart? Right. Yeah. Um, you know how long it's been since I worked on a lawnmower. Engine? Well, yeah. Just getting back <laughs> to mechanical. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah. Uh, boy, I don't know. I can't think right now. Yeah, think about that. Listen, take. You got email. Yeah. Send me. You, you know, send me an email. Ron at cardoctorshow.com. I'll do anything I can for you. Okay. All right, but you know, think about it from a mechanical perspective. Yeah. One one of those rotations up top, and if not, then just rotate it around again. Go another three sixty. It's it's got to be there. If it's not, if it doesn't blow your thumb off at one point or another, then then yeah, we're out of time. Yeah. Hey, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're very good. You're welcome, Pete. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye bye. Let's get on over and talk to Ken in Missouri. Uh, Ninety four Chevy pickup truck with some brake light issues. Yeah, Ken. How can I help you? Yeah, uh, Ron. Thanks. You're uh, very welcome, sir. Well. I drive about 30 miles. I use my brake lights and stuff about five or six times, and my signal lights, and I get somewhere. I haven't got no brake lights, but I start out with them. Okay. So the question and I is... I replaced the switch down on the foot, on the brake pedal. All right. So how about this? How about we go down to the switch on the brake pedal, find the feed uh-huh. side, find the outside, the outbound side. When it happens... Can you just tap in there and tell me if you've got power there? Or better yet, could somebody just wire in a 194 side bulb, you know, a little 194 side marker bulb, just some kind of bulb. Every time you step on the brake lights, feed it directly off the switch. In other words, is the problem at the switch for some reason? And I understand you put new in. New means, you know, we don't know if, what, if yeah. new means never, ever worked. If, if, if we took the brake lights and moved them up to the switch, when it doesn't work, will it light a bulb? If it doesn't, the problem's right there staring you in the face. If it doesn't, uh, yeah. if it does if it does light the bulb but the tail lights don't light, then you know it's somewhere else down the circuit and I would start working my way back. On an older truck like this, one of the things I would pay very careful attention to are the ground legs and make sure the grounds for the brake light bulbs are good, clean and tight. Yeah, I I, I shut it off. And, you know, mess with the turn signal and stuff, and then start it back up, and I got brake lights. All right. Well, then, like I say, maybe the problem is up front. I would do the side marker bulb and check my power signal out. Power in, signal out. Does it light a bulb? Then it goes up through the turn signal switch. Do the same thing, the turn signal switch wiring. Does it make it past that? If not, then the problem is right there at that switch. I got to go. Clock's going to take me. I'm running in the car, Doctor. We're back right after this. Guys, are we ready to take a call? I say we are. Yeah, let's sing it now. Song. Okay, Tony. Okay. Okay, Tom. Okay. Okay, Harry. Harry. Harry! Okay. Welcome back. Ron Haney and the Car Doctor and Chipmunks. 
and uh, trail here as we uh, continue this hour of the car doctor at 855-560-9900. Our next guest has been a frequent visitor um, this year and in years gone by, and we're always glad to sit back and talk to him, uh, none other than Paul Eisenstein of the Detroit Bureau, the DetroitBureau.com. Mr. Eisenstein, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, and whatever else it is might be that you... Happy uh, Hanukkah, too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So how are things your way? Very good. It's nice to be actually sort of on the ground for a while. I have been flying so much in the last... Uh, three months i almost forgot where i was yeah i can tell it's um harry was saying how busy you were it's it's almost like uh, your efforts should be rewarded maybe santa claus should bring you a lamborghini for christmas something like that something cool Is oh it... i'll tell you what i would take the one i just had a chance to drive oh what was that well uh are you ready for this i did a four day wasn't even a full four day trip from detroit to Qatar, which many people say is qatar over in the Middle East, where I got a chance to drive the new Lamborghini Hurricane LP 580-2, which, uh, to cut it short, is the smaller Lambo with a 580-horsepower engine driving the rear wheels. Now, that's unusual because you may know that <coughs> me, traditionally Lamborghinis have been uh, all-wheel drive, and uh, instead they decided to come up with a special two-wheel edition. And who would think drifting around a racetrack in the Middle East, in a Lamborghini. Yeah, and, and, and how fast were you, were you going? I mean, you had to be cooking along, I'm uh, sure. On the straight, which is about a, close to a mile straight, I got up a little over 165 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah, that's cooking. That's cooking. That was nice. Yeah. That was, it, it, I'll tell you what, it was a lot of fun. And that car is balanced. Uh, it's just beautiful. I mean, you get all this incredible horsepower, uh, smooth as silk, double-clutch transmission, and uh, it all puts power to the rear wheels, but, you know, you can put it out there, hang it out, drifting around corners, but you never feel like you're going to lose control. Now, now, is that car available? Is that a production vehicle, Paul, here in the States? Is that available yeah, here? It, it, well, it's coming up. It'll be, yeah. uh, it'll be on the roads here oh, a couple of months from now. Now, how good does somebody have to be to get that for Christmas? What's the price tag on uh, that? Well, you can get into it for a couple dollars less than $200,000. Wow. Hey. As, if so I, that's... Uh, if, if I'm going to have change from a quarter million. Affordable Lamborghini strategy. I, I have to laugh when I say that, but believe it or not, uh, there's, a, excuse me, there's a huge market for sports cars under $200,000, between one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand, and typically they've been way up above that, so they're trying to, uh, trying to bring in a whole new class of buyer. Wow. And I guess, you know, that disposable income category is still there for the people looking for the supercars, the one-offs, the cars that are being hand-built in, in limited production numbers. Uh, that stuff still exists today, right, even in the days of tight economy? and, and, and... Oh, my God. Uh, if anything, what we're seeing is we're seeing more, more of a market, a growing market for cars in the $150,000, $200,000 range. Uh, by the way, I had a chance just a couple of uh, days ago to sit down and chat with the head of the Acura division about their new supercar. You probably probably have heard that we're going to have to spend a lot more money for the next generation Acura NSX, which is finally, finally getting ready to roll into showrooms late in February. And that's going to start at about 166000 Yeah. And to get it fully, fully loaded, you're talking 200000 or so. And they'll sell them, and it'll, it'll probably be hard to get one. Uh, it's going to be hard to get one initially. Production will be a little limited. Uh, here's, here's sad news. I mean, I, my heart swells to the size of a pea. 
Uh, it turns out, you may recall, there was a bit of a a bit of a battle going on between Jerry Seinfeld and Jay Leno to see who would get the first new Acura NSX. It turns out neither one will, unless unless they show up at the Barrett Jackson next month. You know, the big auction out right. out in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. They're going to auction off the first NSX uh, for charity. Well, that's a nice thing, and that's that's you know what that's probably where it should go. Put a positive spin I agree. on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, there's other shows going on next month, too. What's going on in Detroit? Isn't there the, the car show starts off in January out there, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, this is the big car show of the year here in the United States. Of course, there, there are a few others that have gotten have become pretty important, too, like L.A., which we saw, gosh, was that already a month and a half ago? Yeah, really. Yeah, time flies. Uh, but the, uh, the, yeah, the Detroit Auto Show starts. Uh, with a preview, uh, what is it, the 11th or 12th? 11th is the official preview. We're going to start seeing, and we'll be reporting on the thedetroitbureau.com uh, from some backgrounders that we have on the, uh, on the 10th. And, in fact, we have a few stories up already. We're going to be seeing a lot of very cool stuff uh, coming out of the Detroit Auto Show. Uh, uh, one thing I had a chance to look at, though I'm not allowed to talk about in detail, I actually saw the new Honda Ridgeline. Uh, just two days ago, and that will make its official debut. We're going to see a bunch of new BMW products there. I mean, it's going to be a very, very busy auto show. From what I hear, we're looking at more than 50 global launches. But, you know, there's another there's another show that's becoming big for auto, uh, auto enthusiasts as well next month. What's that? Would you believe it or not, the Consumer Electronics Show. In New York City? No, yes. No, no, in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, right. Okay, right. Yeah, Vegas is next month, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I would think so with the amount of electronics and cars today, sure. Yeah, well, that's that's the interesting thing. Most people wouldn't think of that. You know, this is a show where you go to see television sets and uh, digital cameras and uh, the Internet of Things. So you, you're talking about, uh, you know, refrigerators that can tell you how much, uh, how much milk you need to buy and all that other cool stuff that's happening. But the reality is... Even with all the IoT, Internet of Things, uh, technologies coming out, you're, you're seeing more microprocessors going into your car than you're seeing into your home. And it's just amazing technology. And uh, I don't know if we're coming up on a break or not, but uh, we can talk about all the things that are going to be there afterwards. Well, yeah, Let's and real quick before we, before we pull over and take the pause, um, what are your thoughts on if somebody's out there car shopping for Christmas? If they've been good, what do you think they should get them? And if they've been bad... What do you think they should get them? <laughs> oh boy! Uh, well, uh, let's see. I'll go. I'll I'll say that if they're bad, you probably want to get them some of the things that didn't do very well with the uh, Consumer Reports reliability study, and uh, that would include some of the Fiat products that didn't do particularly well. Right. Uh, Chrysler 200 was one of those cars that they didn't recommend very well. I'm thinking to use Volkswagen. Uh, on the other end, um, well, that Lamborghini certainly would be one of those cars I would I would strongly recommend. Uh, if you're looking for something domestic and you have a few bucks, I would be looking at something like, oh, maybe the new Cadillac CTS-V. Uh, of course, there's the uh, the Corvette uh, Z06. Oh, my gosh, there's so much stuff. Cadillac is, and Cadillac has really come a long way, have they not, Paul? Yeah, very definitely. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a different world from what, what many people knew just a few years ago. Right, right, yeah. Let's pull over. Let's take the pause. Paul, stick around. I'm Ron Anini in the Car Doctor with Paul Eisenstein of the DetroitBureau.com. We'll be back right after this.
Welcome back. We're on Indian the Car Doctor here. We're talking to Paul Eisenstein of the Detroit Bureau. Paul, you're still there, sir. I am. By the way, did I ever tell you how famous you are? Really? Yeah, great story. We were out at uh, the Vegas trade show, SEMA, a year ago, and we're with the Bosch production team. And, you know, we're out to dinner one night, and we're having, you know, our little conversations. And um, Harry was sitting next to me on my right, and he leaned over, and he started saying to me, he says, by the way, next week we've got Paul Eisenstein coming on the show. And the Bosch team that was sitting across the table, they kind of all turned their heads, and they said, who? And we said, Paul Eisenstein, the Detroit Bureau. You know Paul Eisenstein? Yeah, why? Doesn't everybody? Like, you know, it was just, they were just <laughs> like, nice, wow. They're like, wow, we're talking to Paul. I guess you're talking to Bosch or somebody at Bosch or, um, I don't want to oh, get I away. I deal with those folks all the time. Yeah. Good folks. Yeah, they're great folks. They were just, they were, you know what? You made me look good. You really made me look oh, good, thank kid. You. They were like, uh, hey, you know you, Paul you Eisenstein? You just made me feel good. Well, thank you very I, much for you that. Know, I tell you what, it was, um, I meant to tell you that story. Every time we talk, I keep on forgetting. I'm getting older now. I forget things. But, um, <laughs> Tell me about yeah, it. well, it happens, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, so uh, you're famous, dude. Let me tell you something. Paul Eisenstein at DetroitBureau.com. We're always glad to have you here. So, uh, you know, maybe for Christmas, the bad people get the Volkswagen, good, the good people get the Lambos. But there was something else you wanted to talk about, and uh, why don't you pick it up where we left off there last segment? Uh, let's see. We were talking about, uh, I think we were talking about CES. Right, Cadillac. And, and all the stuff that's going to be there. One of the interesting vehicles I'm waiting to get more detail on is the all-electric vehicle, <coughs> excuse me, the all-electric vehicle that um, Volkswagen is hinting that they're going to reveal in, in uh, Las Vegas next month. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, And the word that we're hearing is that it, at least a few of us who've, who've been digging enough, is that they're going to be showing an all-electric version of the old VW microbus. Well, a new VW microbus, I should say. Uh, it, it's a real interesting time because you're seeing a lot of manufacturers get very, very serious about electrification. And, and that term, people would go, what the heck does that mean? It, it means everything from so-called micro-hybrids all the way up to full battery electric vehicles. And there's a lot of stuff coming. Uh, you, know, you, you can be a little skeptical and say, oh, yeah, right, VW, you know, they got beaten up so much on their uh, diesel, yet they're now trying to, to uh, uh, muddy things up, if you will, by talking about electrification. The reality is they were talking about that even before they got in trouble for the diesel. Uh, back in, back in uh, early September, about two weeks before the diesel brouhaha started, I was talking with the former head of, of uh, both Audi and the former head of VW, R&D, both of them unfortunately gone now, and they were saying that they plan to have electrified versions of every single product that both Audi and the VW brand sell. Isn't it interesting, though, that, you know, with, and I'm not a politician, I'm not an economist, I'm just a mechanic, but you look at the price of gasoline right now, under $2 a gallon in just about every part of the country that I'm aware. It's $1.74 a gallon here for gasoline in New Jersey. Yeah. And, you know, what's the advantage to going electric? You know, people are going to say, nah, I don't want that. I, It's hard to get people to change. And I wonder... No, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not wrong there. Uh, there's a couple of things that are, that are happening. Now, some of it is... Uh, driven by the fuel economy standards that we're seeing. And in California, they have additional uh, rules coming up, so-called zero-emission vehicle or ZEV rules, that are going to require manufacturers to sell 
a minimum number of, oh, it could be fuel cell vehicles, pure battery electric or plug-in vehicles. And, and they're going to have to, right now, it's going to be a challenge to make sure that they find a market. Now, here's the thing. It is a lot cheaper on a per-mile basis, even with cheap gas, to drive using an electric vehicle. Right. But the other thing that's real interesting is uh, that not only greenies, not only people who say, I want to save the world, are starting to pay attention to electrification. I mean, look, look at the growing number of sales of of uh, vehicles by Tesla. Right, yeah. Uh, not all those people are green-minded. Uh, and, and one reason that some people I know have bought that, uh, do, you, do you know how fast the Model S P90D can move if you have modified it with the, <coughs> excuse me, the optional ludicrous mode? No, do you have any idea how fast it is no, in 60? tell me quickly. 2.8 seconds. Wow. Wow. That makes your eyeballs bleed. Right. Wow. So the reality is, a lot of the high-end electric vehicles we're going to be seeing coming out in the next few years are going to put as much emphasis on performance as they are on green technology. Uh, did you hear about the, uh, the new Mission E from Porsche? No, I did not. But you know what, Paul? Let's leave that on the table because the clock's going to take us. How about we talk, ah. how about we talk right after the new year? just before, or maybe right around the time of the Detroit show, and we can get into that deeper. Is that a deal? That's good. I'll just tell people, go to the site and check out the Porsche Mission E. You're going to be stunned by this one. Cool beans. And, and for more information about Paul Eisenstein and everything that he does, the DetroitBureau.com. Paul, listen, it's been a pleasure, sir. We've enjoyed having you this year and in years past. We wish you a safe it's, and healthy happy new year. It's always fun to be with you. Thank you so much. Yep. I wish you and all the listeners and everybody, Harry, and everybody else, Happy New Year. Thank you. God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm Ron Annie in the car, Doctor. We're back right after this. Bells will be Welcome back. Why don't they need the car, Doctor? Uh, you know, once again, thank you to Paul Eisenstein of the DetroitBureau.com. Sorry we had to cut him short. We were running out of clock there. But uh, we'll have Paul back on again mid-January, and we can talk to him further about uh, the Porsche concept that he was talking about and also about the Detroit show coming up, the car show coming up, because uh, we, we could go on for hours talking to Paul. There's just so much information up there and um, always good and timely stuff. So more information for you, the DetroitBureau.com. Let's do, some, uh, let's do a little bit of house maintenance um, if we can. Uh, first of all, I want to make everybody aware that going into winter – is a great time to start thinking about a battery. We want to thank one of our sponsors, PowerFrame, uh, PowerFrame Grid Technology, the folks over at Johnson Controls, and uh, just mention that um, there's going to be a $10 coupon. Save $10 instantly with the purchase of an Autocraft Gold or Autocraft Platinum AGM battery over at Advanced Auto Parts or CarQuest, and um, you can find out more information over at the uh, website for Advanced Auto Parts and CarQuest if you go out there and visit it um, and pay attention to that. Also, the fact that we're going to be posting up on our website, up on Facebook, actually. Uh, we're having a little Facebook problem. I'm not sure what the glitch is. 
Uh, we shot a couple of videos this week and the week past. Um, just different things, some problems, but we're going to bring some videos up there. We're also going to be putting some information about PowerFrame Grid Technology, so you want to get out to our Facebook page to see what that's all about. And then on a totally different arena, I want to say a, a tip of the wrench and a thank you to the folks over at General Tire. General Tire has been named the official tire supplier of ARCA, the um, ARCA Racing Series presented by Menards, uh, announced that beginning in uh, 2016, General Tire will become the official tire supplier to the ARCA, uh, ARCA Racing t- uh, Series teams. And uh, the sponsorship marks General Tire's entry into stock car racing. So uh, a big, exciting time for them. Um, interesting to point out that General Tire has celebrated 100 years of innovative tire technology this year. And um, they're excited to be part of the 2016 ARCA Racing Series. Hey, that about wraps it up for me this hour. There's another hour of The Car Doctor to come on most of these affiliates. Till then, I'm Ron and Indy and The Car Doctor reminding you the mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. See ya.